0: Welcome to the TBD Podcast, To Be Determined. My name is Erica Berger, and I'm your host and convener. Life can be messy. On To Be Determined, we talk with artists, entrepreneurs, and world shapers about how they pick through their messy lives and become more resilient. Together, we learn that life is always to be determined. With TBD. My guest this week is Mikkel West fashion stylist and activist. Mikkel is probably best known as a stylist. She was born in Detroit, Michigan. She cut her teeth in New York City and then came to LA where she's worked on Revolt TV, a cable channel founded by Sean Diddy Combs. It's safe to say Mikkel has been a stylist for some pretty famous folks. I first met Mikkel at an event on mass incarceration. It featured director Ava DuVernay and California Attorney General Javier Becerra. With them on stage was Mikel West. Mikel West has been a longtime advocate for prison reform. However, back in 2016, she started speaking more publicly after a conversation she had with Humans of New York went viral. In that conversation, Mikel shared her mom's story. Her mom, Michelle, has been in prison for the last two decades. I visited Mikkel at her home in North Los Angeles. We talked about meeting President Obama to try and free her mother, being opinionated about fashion even as a toddler, and how meditation and openness fuels her work. We started off, though, talking about being thrust into the limelight because of her fight to free her mom. Even though Mikkel's mom has been in prison for the last two decades, Mikkel says her mom is her best friend. They talk on the phone all the time about fashion, music, and art. Mikkel's fight for her mother's freedom has driven her to fight for prison reform overall.
1: I've taken on this situation because she's my mother, and it's like, if if
0: I don't care, who can I expect to care? Yeah, so you're her advocate. And you have been her advocate since she went away when you were 10, right? You were 10?
1: Yeah, I've been her advocate all all that time, and... I, don't, I didn't choose this situation, but at least I knew what my purpose was very young. Some people can spend a lifetime figuring out what their purpose is. I knew at 10 years old that my purpose was to advocate and, and help out with laws. And even my name, like I've done some research and like me, my name is Mikhail, but Mikhail is the angel of justice and law. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's the uh, term. So that's just my destiny. So I'm here to help and get my mom home and hopefully open people's eyes to mass incarceration and ending it.
0: Yeah, I, want, I mean, my impression was that your mom's sentence is far harsher than it should be. Um, just in brief, remind us it was a drug-related sentence, right?
1: Yeah. My mom, it's a a drug conspiracy sentence. Um, There was violence in my mom's case. However, my mom was not the gunman. The gunman actually received immunity to testify against my mom and whomever else a part of the case. Uh, So he walked free, and everyone else, including my mom, went and did prison time. And along that case, my mom had one of the harshest sentences.
0: Yeah. And this is not unique to your mom. This is happening across America, right?
1: Right. And especially like having been a a first time offender, never in trouble, not even more so for like a speeding ticket. So the average person, if they do break the law or do something, they're not thinking, hey, I'm never coming home ever again. Especially if I've been somewhat of a, you know, a model citizen, and you know, it, th- there were choices that were made, and my mom's not perfect, but none of us are perfect. But the time that my mom was given is definitely too much time for the crime.
0: So you have run and are still running a social media campaign yes. that advocates for what you just said, um, and the hashtag is #FreeMichelleWest. Your mom's name is Michelle West, yeah, and your name is Michelle West. Um, how have you seen social media um, become a useful tool for you?
1: Well, social media is amazing because there was a time where you couldn't reach out and touch a celebrity or see, or we just didn't know, like, we all lived our own lives and we did our you know, we we're in our own circle but now it's like you have access to everyone literally everyone and you have situations where uh one of the other ladies uh alice johnson who are we've been advocating for as well who's serving time um and she's on the can do clemency side as well she did a video somehow kim kardashian has now seen the video so with her with that video Kim Kardashian was taken back by the situation. She realizes that it was a lot of time giving, and she's advocating and hiring attorneys from high-power attorneys to look into the case and bring more awareness. That's what social media can do.
0: What did you feel like when you found out about Kim Kardashian hiring her lawyers to uh, support Alice and people like your mom?
1: I felt great, I you know because Alice Johnson's daughters were at the White House with me back in two thousand sixteen, um, and we all you know a lot of us we we went uh, William Underwood's daughters uh, we were all, the whole families all of our families were there and there was this whole conversation on conversation for clemency and kind of misleading us we all felt like. We had an opportunity in that our parents would come home and then none of our parents were let out. So basically we were invited to the White House to talk, have coffee, talk about it, have a discussion, and then the door was closed.
0: And was that related to the changing of the administration or was that... This was all under
1: Obama administration, so it was great that he invited us and... In- at least had the conversation but we were looking for him to possibly do more.
0: Yep. Interesting. What did it feel like when you were there and then what did it feel like after when you found out that your mom wasn't going to be let out? When I was there
1: it felt like hope. I I mean, I had a I I was one of the poster children for this whole clemency situation. So I felt that my mom was a few steps closer to being home and it was embarrassing and of huge letdown when nothing changed. Um you know it I don't I don't know I don't I don't know if I understand it, I don't know if I ever will. All I know is that I have a new administration and I have to work with what I have now. And obviously things are even more crazy, but, you know, my mother's case is a crazy situation, so maybe that's what it'll take.
0: On a day-to-day basis, how do you kind of wake up and, and get motivated to continue doing what you do, advocating for your mom, but also, like, living your own life? Um.
1: Well, I have... When I get up in the morning, I meditate. Um, I spend 20 minutes a day meditating either on the the problem, the solution, or praising God. And I I've started that a few years ago when I met someone who introduced me to that way of aligning myself and being spiritual. And I have watched things change by doing that. So it's very important to just have your time to yourself and to clear your mind and then after that I'm it's time for coffee so I, I get coffee I like to take walks I live in Hollywood so I take walks around the neighborhood see what's going on and then I you know I get my day going after that and I I communicate with my mom a lot so that she knows that she has a, a supporter and we talk about different things. Um,
0: can you call her and email her or how does that work? She can call me
1: in their 15 minute calls. And throughout the calls, there's an interruption that reminds you that she's calling from a federal prison. And then we have emails. She can email and, then her, um, and I can reply back. So that's how it, it kind of
0: works. And, and so I want to touch a little bit on, on the meditation stuff. Tell me more about the person that taught you about meditating and connecting with God. And, and tell me, if you can, um, where you were at in your life that you were open to it. And, and the reason I ask this is because as a meditator myself, I've been meditating for five years and I've practiced yoga for 16. Um, I find that not everyone is always open to it.
1: Yeah, it's in, you know, that's deep. Because it's true. Um, people aren't open to it. Um, I actually was with a friend, and we were in Palm Springs. And this friend had um, some friends, and it was her birthday alongside her dad. So we're all hanging out, like, in these villas in Palm Springs, having a good time. And her dad, how did, he kind of, like, he was. we're the same sign. I'm a Leo, he's a Leo. So he kind of, like, came to me in the room. And he said, Hey, do you meditate? And I said, No, I, I want to, I wanna get into it and he said, Look. And it was just very straightforward and direct. He says, I he spends forty minutes, twenty minute increments twice a day. And he says he meditates on the problem, the solution, or praising God. And he says, I guarantee if you do that, you'll watch your life start to change and things move around and i can just remember saying wow what made him know to come tell me this how did he know me out of everyone cuz it's not like he was walking around having meditation conversations on the side with everyone but that's when i learned like the saying when they say people come in your life for reasons seasons and lifetimes there was a reason for that whole moment and it was it was an experience that happened in august of like 2000 14 or 15 and it changed my life?
0: I often sit around thinking like we're, we're going through our lives in such kind of robotic ways, um, that we often miss the moments of synchronicity or the moments of connection. Um, whether it's that we're looking at our phones or we're caught up in our own heads or not making eye contact with other people or, or just not paying attention to like the messages around us. Um, do you think it's possible to become more practiced at noticing the people in the room that you might want to talk to or noticing the opportunities or moments that aren't so concrete, but just kind of tapping in per se?
1: Yeah, it it is for sure. Um, for me to be a person that I don't feel like I'm extremely social. So at times when I'm at events, I do like kind of struggle with that a little bit because it's like well how do I know who to talk to or who who do you speak to or so I just at that point just try to make an eye contact or engage with everyone but I'm also a vibrating person and I try to vibrate high so i I want to engage with the people that I get the good vibes from, and the, and you can, and that's just a feeling. It's an aura. It's something that I don't know if I can even explain, but I I definitely try to be in tune to it, and um, I pay attention to it. That's why I was able to, you know, listen to my friend's her father and, and know like he knows what he's talking about. He's very wise, and I don't and that, I don't know why people. Don't try to recognize a little more in life that you have to be in tune with yourself, your environment, the animals, the earth, the flowers, like all of that. Like, you know, I left out one thing. I also go outside when it's summertime and I water my flower garden. Like, I think it's very important because I became closer to God in that way too.
0: I love that. And I love how connected you are to kind of literally physically being here. Um, It's a really interesting interplay and and mix. Um, I want to talk a little bit about work. Sure. Um, Because I don't, I mean, yes, you're doing work around freeing your mom and freeing people like her and, and changing our prison industrial complex and the way we treat each other in this country. But you're also, I remember seeing you on stage and wearing this fabulous black dress um and high heels and and y- you looked fierce right <laughs> you looked markedly different than everyone else at that conference wow but i i think you know i'd love to hear more about how and why you got into styling and fashion and what it is about your career path um that kind of attracted you and, and keeps you in it um
1: well i've always really loved fashion from the very beginning and My mom will even say that she would like stand up before my crib and hold like two outfits in front and I would point. And what's so crazy is that I couldn't speak at that point, but I can even go in my mind and can remember like pointing and knowing even before I could speak how I wanted to look um clothes are important there you have some people that are like no it's not but they're important we all have to wear them so we all have a personal style whether it's a cool style or not like we all have some type of something so that's fashion has been the the gap that I've been that bridged the gap in between my mom and I like we've been able to kind of have that as a language to stay close so I knew very young that I wanted to work in fashion. Um, my mom had me modeling and we shopped and we 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 just I designed shoes very young, all of those type of things and that led me into this career where I am now. Like in high school I knew that I wanted to go and study at Parsons and styling and just be kind of engulfed in the industry in that aspect because it's like um A kid's treehouse. You know how a kid has a treehouse that they can go to and get away? That's what fashion was for me. So it only made sense for me to have a career and to work in it. And I like creating images and making people feel good about their look and their clothes. Because not everyone gets it. Not everyone can go into a store where everything is there and put something together and feel good. But there's something about a nice pair of new shoes or even a person who's not even into these things, you still feel good if you have a nice new shoe on or a woman in a new handbag or a a piece of jewelry, a man with a watch. Like, we all like fashion, whether we admit it or not.
0: Yeah. I think it's so interesting you made this comment right when you started talking about... um, the notion that we all have to wear clothes, whether we like it or not. And I've never thought about it that way. I, I had a personal journey and struggle with fashion because um, I have a large chest and a smaller waist, and therefore um, buying one pieces of anything, dresses have always been challenging. I've always had to get things tailored. Um, shirts, I have to buy a bigger size and then bring the waist in, and it's expensive, and it's you know, I had friends growing up who had fit model bodies and we would go shopping and everything fit them perfectly and they didn't have to worry or think about anything. And I have a curvier kind of like 1950s era, 60s era body. Mm -hmm. And until I came out to LA and started going vintage shopping and then really even in New York, um, started seeing the proliferation of, of like nicer vintage clothes being available, um, I didn't feel great about fashion or style, and I didn't have a very specific sense of style. Um, I felt like I could costume myself in in certain trends, but it didn't feel authentic to me. And I think like what you're saying goes deeper than just you know wear this dope dress. It's you know figure out who you are and how you want to show up in the world, yeah. which is. Just as consistent with what you were saying about your mom and about your personal sense of purpose and and why you're on this planet,
1: yeah, it all it to me it just all kind of ties in together, but there's something about looking good, feeling good, smelling good it's it's gonna automatically give you a confidence you're gonna automatically sit up straight, you know your head will be high so um it's important to me and with styling Because everyone gets dressed in the morning, everyone feels like, oh, that's not really a challenging job. Like, people have no clue. Like, the clothes do not just appear. So, it's like you're running a million places to gather them. You have to stay on top of trends know what's what. Um, For example, I have a belt that I'm shipping off to one of my clients that's highly, highly sought after. No one can get it, but because I'm from Michigan and I know this cool little boutique that a lot of the Detroit Pistons shop at, maybe the average person doesn't know the boutique in Michigan, but I do. So I was able to retrieve the belt, but that's like the art of it. Hunting and being able to make these things appear so that it seems so easy for the client and they feel like, oh, this is no big deal. But when I'm not around, they can realize like, oh, this is a little more challenging than what I thought. It's not like just putting on my clothes you have to really create an image. Um, there's rules in fashion, different events, like is it black tie, all kind of things. So it, it matters, especially if you're a celebrity and you just don't go get up in the morning and go to the mall. Someone does it for you. So it's Oh, yeah, we
0: didn't mention, but Michaela is a celebrity <laughs> stylist, not just your everyday stylist. She is a celebrity stylist.
1: Yeah, so it, it's a cool job. You know, I love it. Um, i don't even look at it as a job it it's therapy for me it's therapy for the clients it's cool building a relationship because you're really close with this person i mean because you see them in their bare state, you know their flaws you know what what they're good at you know everything so it's it's a beautiful thing and I think i'm a perfect person for that because i again like to be in tune with people so I That's love a job that. where you have to definitely be in tune.
0: It sounds like you're a researcher meets archivist meets like art and, and style and fashion historian. It's it, it's so much deeper than I think a lot of people understand. A lot of I didn't even really understand that until hearing you speak. And I think, what would you say to people who are maybe interested in this pathway? Um, First, I want to
1: say that you hit the nail on the head with everything. I'm glad that I'm able to convey things and you can kind of get me and understand me because I've been collecting fashion since I was a little girl, so I am an archivist and everything of the above. But what I would say for someone to leeway into this type of world, um, you need to know that it's it's not going to come easy. It's very competitive, um, especially with reality TV it's super competitive. Everyone's a stylist. Everyone's a photographer. Everyone's a makeup artist. So what you need to do if you're really serious is separate yourself from the people that are saying they're doing it and, and being a person that really is doing it. And how you go about that is interning, getting with someone, learning the craft, learning, studying, going through your books, reading, um, And shooting, like for fashion styling, you need to shoot often. If you're a model, you don't know how to model unless you're taking pictures often. So that same stylist has to do the same thing. You need to create looks and continue to, you know, create looks. So you need to work for someone that's bigger than you, and you need to do it for free. You need to do the grunt work. You need to go get their coffee. You need to do whatever it is that's expected of you because... It's going to pay off in the end, and that was my path. Now, that's the stairway. I can't speak on how to take the elevator up to the top because I haven't been on the elevator. I've been on the staircase, but for me, that's okay because as long as I'm taking the stairs, that means I'm in great shape when I make it to the top.
0: I love that. As long as I'm taking the stairs, it means I'm in great shape when I get to the top. Said like a true New Yorker, right? (laughs) I really miss going up and down the subway steps and knowing that my butt's going to look good at the end of the day. You know what I mean? are
1: tight. Your butt is
0: tight. I know. (laughs) And every time you're like begrudgingly walking up those steps, you're like, this is the worst, but I'm going to look good at the end of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's what it's all about.
0: That's what it's all about, looking
1: good and um, perfecting your craft and whatever it is that you're doing, if it's styling. feeling good too, right? Feeling good. And whatever you do, you just need to do it to the best of your ability. Um, I wish that I could sleep more. I don't sleep a lot. I kind of am a night owl. But if you're going to be a night owl, don't just use that time hanging out. Really be productive with the time. Get things done so that you're being making the best use of your time because life is short and there's a lot of competition and while you're sleeping and or hanging out, someone else is working really, really
0: hard. Well you look well rested. So <laughs> I'll be I drink lots sweet. of water. She drinks a lot of water. Um but uh and and just made us delicious tater tots. We're having tea and tater tots while we're sitting here as the sun's setting. Yeah, so let's like close with talking about um a little bit of yoga, a little bit of stuff about crystals, a little bit of kind of some of the the more spiritual practices that I've now sensed being in your space and seeing you've got a bundle of of sage over there and candles and flowers and a money jar and um you know, tell me a little bit about uh the ways that you balance your very clear work ethic with, um, some of the ways that you're exploring new modalities of bringing in money and, um, making yourself feel good too.
1: Um, I'm just all about the energy and the synergy and the vibe and who's around me and who I'm around. And, I'm I'm always looking to learn new things, so it's like I'm not an astrologist. I don't know, but I, I read things about astrology. I just want to know. I want to know things. I have 48 laws of power here. No, I don't want to practice 48 laws of power. I think it's mean, but I need to still read it and be aware and know when they're being practiced on me. So that's, to me, what life is all about, just Zoning in on all areas because there's so much to life. It's not just a, you and your job and your family. There's so many other dynamics. Stop and smell the roses, you know. The vibe is, if everything's good and it's bleached, the vibe is good, you know. Keep it clean and organized. Um, These are just things like Chinese proverbs, all kind of things. Like, I just want to know all the aspects. You're just a curious person. and Yeah, and then I can just take from each aspect what works for me.
0: Yeah. I think a lot about curiosity because I feel like a lot of people aren't very tapped into what they're curious about. And I don't know whether it's a function of being overwhelmed by all the different options or not feeling like they have enough time to discover what they're curious about or take a class or learn a new skill or read a book. Um, But part of this podcast is about getting people to realize that some of the most successful people out there are curious and tapped in.
1: Yeah, you have to stay woke. You have to be tapped in. And you need to um, explore and not be afraid to be judged. Because people do it, and I don't think they even realize, you know. Even with social media, people leave a mean comment or say something nasty. But I don't worry about opinions, you know. Everyone has them. You just got to live your life, try to be a good person, have something to fight for. You know, I have something to fight for. You need to fight for something in your life because there's a lot going on. So we can't just sit here and act like it's all peachy because it's not. So let's work together and love each other and teach each other things, you know, and network and help each other out and work as a team. And let's not be about race. Let's just be about
0: human race. I love that. And don't forget to flower, water the flowers. (laughs) Don't forget to water the flowers. Water them and smell them. (laughs) Water them and smell them. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Mikkel, for being here. And it was so wonderful talking to you and being in your home. Thank you. And thanks for having me. If you want to learn more about Mikkel West, you can follow her on Instagram at Mikkel West. That's M-I-Q-U-E-L-L-E West. There's also a great short documentary on Mikkel West and her mom from Revolt TV. You can find it by searching Mikkel's name on YouTube. If you want to learn more about Mikkel's fight for clemency for her mom and about prison reform generally, you can visit freemichellewest.com. That's Michelle, Mikkel's mom's name. Thanks again to Mikkel West for sharing her incredible story. If you've enjoyed the show check out my previous interviews where I talk to people like Brent Bushnell. He's a creator who combines engineering, art, and entertainment to create surprising experiences. He talks about his company, Two-Bit Circus, and about how being a clown has influenced his work. If you want to learn more about To Be Determined and listen to back episodes, come visit the show page at livetbd.com. That's live to be determined. Oh, and don't forget to share us with a friend. Thanks for listening to the TBD podcast. This has been a production of TBD to be determined and is a BurgerWorks project. And a special shout out to my producer Mervyn Deganos and the amazing musicians who created our music, Caleb Spaulding and Anna Becker. See you next time.